Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Because I am anointed to teach your word and your people are anointed to receive and to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray for light and understanding in Jesus' mighty name. Okay. We're going to look at God wants to guide you. We're still talking about guidance, right? We're still talking about the subject of guidance. And it's important for us to know, not just know by our feelings, but know by conviction. That God wants to guide us. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 33. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 33. Thank you Lord Jesus. Proverbs chapter 1. And you know when we, when we come for a believers meeting like this and we're learning the word. You have to have that hunger on the inside of you. Your hunger on the inside of you will pull out. The anointing for revelation and insight. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 33. Look at this. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil or from the fear. The word dread there is the same word as fear. But I need you to pay attention to this verse. It says, he who listens to me. Now, how many of us have been in a situation, you're talking to someone, especially um, um, <laughs> today that we've got mobile phones, right? You know, there's something my wife showed me some, some time ago on Facebook. And uh, how, how did it play out? You know, but it was like the baby was on a computer, the, the, the father was doing something, everybody was just electronically connected. Alright? And I said, you know, we're almost living in a, in a day and age where if you want a baby, you, instead of just getting pregnant, you can just send something to a system and then they just print the baby out. You know what I'm saying? You know, but we live in such a technologically connected world that sometimes you can be talking to someone but they're not listening. Right? Have you experienced that? Come on, talk to me. Have you experienced that? You're talking to someone and they are with their phones, they are in another world. And what do you tell the person? I'm talking to you. Listen to me. What does the word listen mean? It means to pay attention with the totality of your faculty. So for instance, if I'm with my phone, you know, I got my phone here, and I'm doing something, or I'm preaching and some of you are with your phone, you know, I mean, if you're with your phone, I won't know what you're doing. You know, because if I tell you, oh, what are you doing with your phone? What are you going to say? Ah, it's Bible. It's, it's Bible. I'm reading Bible. You know, but you can be chatting with someone else, doing something else, even though these fan blades are standing. Right? These mini fan blades. Some people have them in larger size, some small, some medium. 
But everybody's got some farm blades. And that's why after Jesus finished speaking, you know the next word Jesus will say to end the sermon? You realize that when Jesus finished teaching, he didn't end the sermon with the grace. He didn't finish teaching sermon on the mount and say, well, I finished teaching the grace. Or surely. No, Jesus didn't end his sermons that way. You know how he ended all his teaching? Whoever has what? Ears. Not farm blades. Whoever has what? Ears to hear, let him hear what? Come on. What? What the Spirit is saying. So, Jesus knew that the fact that they sat with him did not mean that they heard him. So, it's the same thing with God. God can be speaking. It does not mean that you are hearing. And it's not because God is not speaking. It means you are not listening. Praise God. So, to listen means to pay attention with the whole of your faculty. And that's why sometimes, you know, sometimes when I'm teaching people, if you see that someone is listening, you know, you would know. Why? Their body language will show you that they are listening. Don't pay attention. If you move some people, some people will move with you. If you give some expression, you know, sometimes you say something and everybody laughs. And some people say, what's funny? They were not listening. Because if they were listening, they would know what's funny. Are you following what I'm saying? So to listen doesn't just mean to, uh, it's to be present in all your faculty. So God says, if you listen to me, you shall live securely. And then you will be at ease, you will be at rest when evil, the fear of evil comes upon the earth, you would have heard things being said to you. So this is one of the primary benefits of listening to the Lord. But it's important for us to understand that God is speaking, we need to do the listening. You see, God cannot be speaking and listening at the same time. Or you can't be doing all the talking and you say God is not talking. I I remember reading this story, uh, it's not true, but it was made up. About a young young boy who was drowning, He he, he fell, not drowning, he fell into a ditch, into a pit, into a hole. Alright? And then he was crying, Oh, help me, help me, please, somebody help me. You know, and this man came and stretched out um, a rod down to the pit so the boy could hold the rod and climb up, you know, and come out of the pit. And the boy kept crying, Oh, help me, somebody help me, somebody help me, somebody help me, somebody help me. You know, he kept crying that way until he was exhausted. And he just kept quiet. He couldn't cry any longer. You know, just resigned to faith. Like whatever will happen, would happen. And then he heard the voice of the man, hold the stick. And he held on the stick, but then he was too exhausted to, you know, hold on until they pulled him out. So he died. Don't say, hey, uh, it didn't happen. They made it up. Okay? <laughs> Some of you just, oh. You know, it didn't happen. It was, was not a true story. So, <laughs> I remember one time I was, I was with my friend and we were watching Titanic, right? And we watched a point where, you know, all those romance, boom, boom, you hear all this film, and people started dying. And I just said, mm. I turned back and the lady close to us was kind of like, it's a film, you know? So, the same thing with this guy. And then the child said, Oh, you'd have helped me since I've been crying for help. I know what the man said, I've been here all along trying to help you. 
So the question is, was it the man's fault that the child died? No. He's been saying, hold on to the stick from the very first time the, the child started crying for help. The child's cry for help was so loud, the child wasn't listening for help. And that's the thing sometimes with our life. Oh God help me. Oh Father. Heavenly Father. You know you even borrowed names to call God just to make sure he hears. But God is saying listen. I'm speaking to you. Listen. Listen. If you he who listens. So there has to be an act of your will in listening to God. Are, are, Are you there? Because God we've established in the last couple of parts that God wants to guide you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to direct you. And He doesn't just want to use someone else to do it. God wants to speak to you directly. Can you say Amen? Say louder Amen. amen. Alright, Jeremiah chapter 10. Let's go to verse 23. God wants to guide us. So we need to pay attention. We need to listen. One of the benefits is if we listen to the Lord, we will dwell in safety. And we will be secure without fear of evil. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. Praise God forevermore. Jeremiah 10, 23. I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself. Nor is it in a man who works to direct his step. What do we pick up from this verse? You see, we cannot direct our own lives. We cannot direct our own lives. It's not in us to direct ourselves. Do you realize that if many of us were to choose where we were to be born, you know that this country would not have anybody? (laughs) Come on now, talk to me. How many of you would choose Nigeria? (laughs) Don't let your president watch this broadcast. But how many of you would choose Nigeria if you were to choose? No. And if some of you were to even choose Nigeria, how many of you would choose Bonny Island? I mean, for, I think for the first part, it's the fact that you can't travel at will. Are, are you following what I'm saying? So you realize that we cannot direct ourselves. And if we want to even map out our plans, <laughs> I mean, we will, we, we have, how do I put it? I mean, we just think, I'll go this way, this will happen. How many of you have tried to plan things a lot and you felt things were going to be different and at the end of the day, your plans all fell apart? Come on. You plan like, man, I'll put two and two together, I'll put something together, I'll call this my uncle, that, that. In paper, it was perfect. In fact, after planning, you clapped. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. And then you started the execution. I know God is so funny. From, from you know, the day you just plan to call your uncle, you have your script, network disappears. You just realize that you don't have control over network. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you realize that in all honesty, we cannot control our lives. God has a master plan. And if we get into that plan, we don't need to pray, oh God bless me, oh God bless me. The plan is already blessed. Praise God. So we need to get into that plan. We need to lean into that plan. And the way God wants to do it, He is not wanting to use a prophet to guide you. He wants to speak to you directly. God wants to talk to you directly. John chapter 7 and verse 37. Man, this is good. You know what? I enjoy teaching God's word. God's word is so amazing. Such a blessing to just look into scriptures and see Jesus reveal himself to us. It's amazing. John chapter 10. John chapter 7. And verse 37. So this verse. <laughs> caused a whole lot of issue when I was in school. 
uh, when I was in university, I started studying the Word of God, and uh, I made a statement. Amen. When I when I remember the reaction of my fellow students then, I almost was buried alive. And it was a very simple statement I made. I said, while the disciples were with Jesus, they were not born again. Yes, I like the silence. And it's very simple. Because a man cannot be born again except he accepts the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And while the disciples were with Jesus, he wasn't there. You know, but you know, it's been like, wow, a whole Peter. You mean Peter was not born again? No, he wasn't. So there is a difference, and why did I make that statement? There is a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And how God spoke in the Old Testament was because of the way the Old Testament was constructed. And you need to follow me now. You know, and I like making statements like this, because when you make statements like this, it brings everybody like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because sometimes we just go with assumptions. Let me, let's read this. John seven thirty seven. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and do what? And drink. Verse 38, look at this. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being. I want you to observe that word innermost being because we're going to deal with it as we progress uh, up a Sunday. From his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So Jesus says if any man he who believes in me as the scripture said for his from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now I need you to pay attention to this. Every time you're reading the Bible and you see the word and as the scripture said when you look at that word as the scripture said, it was referring to the Old Testament. Because the scripture, you know, the New Testament was written, well, the Gospels and the New Testament was written after Jesus had died. So it wasn't like uh, they went to Peter's, you know, it wasn't like they were keeping a journal. Like, you know how some, I don't know if men keep journals, but in those days, ladies used to keep diary a lot. Do people still keep diaries? I don't know. You know, we, we ate Amala today. And the way they insulted me, I will never forget. March 13th. You know, something like that. So it wasn't like they were following Jesus and then they were keeping diaries. Today, Jesus healed Peter. Uh, Peter's mother in law. Oh, we trekked and trekked and trekked and trekked today. Ah, only God will save us in this ministry. No, they weren't. It was after the whole thing has passed and then they recorded that. So when they referred to scriptures, what was the scriptures they had? The Old Testament. Alright? And that's why you find out that the Old is actually um, the Old Testament and the New Testament. You cannot just teach the New Testament without the Old Testament because the New Testament takes root from the Old Testament. Now, the word testament is the word uh, covenant or will. You can say the new will. So we have the old will and the, or the new will. Now, if there is old and new, it definitely will tell you that the new will be better than the old. Am I right? Yeah. And that's why sometimes you don't understand when people pray for the old time religion. <laughs> old time religion isn't better than now. God actually says that we will do greater works. The challenge is we don't just have the kind of consecration we need to be able to walk in what is already available to us. 
Let me give you a typical example. Some of you here, I mean, it wasn't like you're very old, but you remember when we didn't have phones and when we didn't have televisions. How many of you think our life was less distracted than we are right now? No, so we cannot be praying, Oh God, take us back to the old time where there was no television and no phone. Oh, take us back. No, the phones and the television make certain things easier. What we just need is the discipline to handle it. So what we need is the consecration and the focus that the people in the olden times had without distractions. That's how we're able to enter into what God has for us new. Are you still here? Okay, so let's go on. Continue. Verse 39. But these he spoke of the Spirit. Whom those who believed in him were to receive. So if he uses the word were to receive, what does he mean? Come on now, what does he mean? Huh? It's future. If I say you were to receive a phone, it means you don't have it. That means that they did not have the spirit. Because, and he gave us the reason, Jesus was not yet glorified. So he gave us the reason why they didn't have the spirit in them. Remember, remember, and I'm going there, it didn't mean that they didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit upon them. They had the power of the Holy Spirit upon them, but they did not have the Holy Spirit in them. Remember what Jesus was saying. Go back to verse 30, 38. No, not 38. Go back to 37. 37. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38 now. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from where? From where? I didn't hear that. From where? From his innermost being. So what was Je- where is the location of the spirit that Jesus was talking about here? Inside or innermost. Man, that's good. Sounds like a reggaeton. Innermost, yeah. Okay. So in a, your innermost being or your inside. So they didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside because Jesus was not glorified. Where was Jesus glorified? After he resurrected. So Jesus was talking about the fact that after the Holy Ghost comes out of your inside, you are now going to have the flow of the Holy Ghost. And the disciples didn't have access to this. That's why he told them to go and tarry on the day of Pentecost. Now, what happened on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost sat on them like cloven tongues of fire, but it was not only upon them, it was now in them. So, so when they went to the gate, beautiful, what did Peter and, 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 and his friends say? Silver and gold have I known, but what? Come on now. What did he say? What? What? What I have. So now they had it. And when they held the man, it flowed from their inside and brought healing to that man. So, in the New Testament, observe, observe, observe this very clearly. In the New Testament, God lives in man. But in the Old Testament, the whole, the Spirit came upon. And why am I laying this foundation? Because if you don't understand this difference, you will want God to speak to you the way He spoke to the people in the Old Testament. And that's why we have this confusion. 
Then somebody said, well, you know, I don't hear God's voice. I don't want, ah, I don't know how God speaks. You know, and then, uh, you know, you want God to speak to you through a prophet. Because when that prophet comes, he makes the voice of God very dramatic. You know what? It's about 3.47 a.m. this morning, God woke me up. He sent an angel to my room. The angel shook my door. And I was like, why are you shaking my door? And God says, Maxwell E. Ogaga. I said, here am I, Lord. Speak, Lord. They're like, wow. When will I get to that point? You don't need to get to it. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. God will guide you. If you would listen, the Lord will speak to you. Now, why did God do that? Let's look at some cases in the Old Testament. Observe a phrase the Spirit came upon. Judges chapter 3 verse 10. You know what? I told you before, to get the best out of this ministry, have a note. Uh, Read these things. Listen to them. And get them in your notes. Study them over and over again. If you have questions, bring them forth. But listen. You've got to... I mean, we are going into teaching, 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 teaching. Because I realize that a lot of people need to be founded more again in the Word of God. They need to understand the Word of God again. Now, Judges chapter 3 verse 10, what, what did the Bible say? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. So, in the Old Testament, you will always see that phrase, the Spirit of the Lord coming upon. So, it's like the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them and empowers them for service, but the Spirit could not live in them. Yeah? Do, 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 do you follow that now? Okay, go to Judges 14, 6. Judges chapter 14, verse 6. And this is very important. Now, it doesn't mean God doesn't speak in dramatic ways anymore, but there's a better way that God does it now. Judges chapter 14, verse 6. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, so that he tore him as one tears a young goat. So, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon, upon, Upon the one that God wants to empower. Remember after Samson slept with the lady, the scripture says after he slept with Delilah. You know, when we always, and that's the balance we also need to bring a lot when we also teach certain things in church. Because sometimes when we always mention Samson and Delilah, who do we always blame in the story? Delilah. You know, men always have a way of blaming women that it was because of a, of, you know, a man will say it's because of the way the woman behaved. That's why they slept with them. Like, you know, even when we talk about dressing, we always say, oh, women should dress properly. It's because of the way they are tempting men. You know that there's no temptation that does not take your, the act of your own will. I know you, you pretend like you didn't hear me. So, I'll repeat it again. I'll repeat it very slowly. There is no temptation that does not involve your own will. And it's not just today. Even in Bible days. Remember the woman caught in adultery. How many people does it take to commit adultery? Two. Have you seen one adulterous person? No. One. But who did they bring before Jesus? The woman. Where was the man? Okay. Judges chapter 10, 14 verse 6. <laughs> the spirit came upon so why did I bring something at Delilah? The Bible says when he shook himself, he did not know that the spirit had left him. So, so, that tells me something, right? They could not sometimes tell whether the spirit was on them or the spirit had left. They could only tell when the spirit enabled them to do certain things. You know, let me, let me ask you something. 
when your mind comes like Samson, when you think of Samson, who do you think of? Like a big guy. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the natural thing. Like, man, Samson was six packs and a half. Had an extra Holy Ghost pack. And then he could take city gates. <laughs> no. If he, if he was like that, it would not be supernatural. Samson was a guy with, I think, absolutely zero pack. Small guy. But when the Holy Ghost came upon him, he could do mighty things. That's when it becomes a, a supernatural occurrence. But what I want you to pick here is that the Spirit had to come on them, but the Spirit was not in them. Okay, now, First Samuel 10, 6. So in the Old Testament, we have the Spirit come upon them. We're looking at guidance. That's why today, the basic way God guides us is from the inside. He doesn't have to talk to someone for the person to talk to us. Now, God can use prophetic people to speak over our lives, but that's not the primary way. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily, and you shall prophesy. So the Spirit had to come upon them. How many of you remember when Elisha called for the minstrel? He wanted to prophesy, and what did he say? He said, call for the minstrel. And as the minstrel was playing, what happened? The Spirit or the hand of the Lord came upon. So you realize that in the Old Testament... What was going on is that the Spirit had to come upon them before they could hear the voice of God as individuals. So what God orchestrated or what God built in the Old Testament was to have the prophets. What God built in the Old Testament was to have the prophets. So you realize that in a particular dispensation or in a particular age, there was one prominent prophet. So, there was Samuel, there was Elijah, there was Jeremiah. So, you realize that sometimes in a particular generation or an age, there will be one prophet. And when people wanted to hear God's voice, you need to follow me now, they went to that prophet. And the reason was because they did not all have the Spirit even come upon them or they had the Spirit in them. Now, that cannot work in the New Testament. The reason is because Christ had come and had turned the veil open and everybody who is born again can hear the voice of the Father because my sheep hears my voice. So let me take you a bit bit through Old Testament theology. Let me have the picture of the ark. Let's have the picture of the ark. The ark first. And then, so, uh, no, the first one, just the ark first. Okay. Uh, let's, can you, can you leave this? Okay, leave this. So, this is, can you see the picture up? Okay. So, this, this is like the picture of the, the tent of meeting. Okay? So, this was like the whole tent of meeting where the children of Israel met with God. Around this tent of meeting, or the tent, the tabernacle where they met, the children of Israel were, um, um, What's the word now? We're camped around the tent of meeting. So, they were in the wilderness, you understand? So, we had all the tribes here, like all around this platform. And then we had the, ah, the, the tent of meeting in the middle. Now, you need to follow this. Now, they had the tent of the meeting in the middle. Now, there were three parts to it. There was the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. So, out here, before, before this curtain right here, is the outer court. So that's where the children of Israel will stay. They were in the outer court. And then the high priest, they had one high priest who would go, confess all their sins, 
confess the sins on, on the blood and take it into the holy place. So when you get into the holy place, you have the seven lampstand here. This was, what, this was what John the Baptist saw in the book of Revelation. You have the table of shoe bread here and you have all of this here. Now there was a curtain here. There's a big curtain here, right? Now this curtain separated the holy place from the most holy place. Welcome to church. So you have the outer court, the holy place, the most holy place. Are you following this? You need to follow this now. It's foundational. So you have the outer court where the children of Israel were, the most holy place that had all of this, and then, sorry, the holy place and the most holy place. Now, only the high priest, listen carefully, could go into the holy place. Nobody else was permitted to go there. Now, when the high priest went into the holy place, they had this rope tied around his waist. And had some bells on his priestly garments. Because if he died, nobody was permitted to go there to bring him out. So if he died, for instance, the sacrifice was not accepted, or something was wrong, or he had sin or something in him, and he died in the holy place, if they don't hear the bell anymore, because he has to sprinkle the blood, and I'll show you now, give me the main uh, ark. He had to sprinkle the blood on the message, but if he died there, they were to draw him out. Nobody was to go there because only the high priest was qualified to go there. Can we have the, the picture of the ark itself? Okay, so now this is the ark. This ark was in the most holy place. And this ark was what contained the Shekinah glory of God, where God spoke from, from the Old Testament. And I'm trying to explain to you why and how God was speaking through people to the children of Israel. So, there was no direct communication between the children of Israel and God. Because when God wanted to speak to them in Mount Sinai, God, they told God, you speak to Moses and Moses will speak to us. And that is the old dispensation. It almost looked like that's what we're building now. But that's not what God wanted to build. God wanted a community of people who are prophetic, who can hear God for themselves. Are you still here? Come on, say amen if you're still here. Alright, so this is the ark. So the ark carried the presence of God. That's why you realize that when, um, when, when Obed-Edom brought the ark, you know, they, they took the ark to his house after... <laughs> um, uh, what's his name now? Uh, David was, you know, they touched the ark and Uzzah, and Uzzah was killed because they put the ark in a cart. But God's law was that they should carry the ark on their shoulders. God wanted them to bear responsibility for the presence. But they didn't want to. They wanted, it, they wanted to, to put God somewhere and be rolling God. They didn't want to carry the responsibility. So they had to seek God after the due order. Because, listen carefully now, because in the Old Testament, only the Levites were, were, um, were designed to touch the ark. So even though you were a zealous member of the children of Israel from the tribe of Benjamin, and you touched the ark, there was a penalty because you were, it was not part of your household. To touch the ark. Only the Levites were consecrated and anointed to touch the ark. So I want to show you how why in the Old Testament God was either moving in very spectacular ways and also was speaking through the prophet. Because the whole protocol of hearing God, you have to go through all of these means to just hear God. Now watch this picture carefully. You have the cherubims here, the wings. 
the cherubims. Then in this place, it's called a messesit. This is the, 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 the two-winged creatures. They join their hands like this. And then in between that place is the messesit. Now, that messesit is where the high priest was to take the blood to. So when he sacrificed the blood, I know for some of you it's like you're sitting in a physics class. <sighs> it's always like, Pastor, just tell me how God guys. You know this thing, eh? It's the, no, just follow it, okay? It's very simple, very simple. You understand it now. Yeah. So when the high priest went there, he sprinkled the blood on the message. So that's the message. That's what you call more, more like the secret place of the Most High, the shadow of the Almighty. Because when this touched this, and the glory light came upon it, it casted a shadow on the mercy seat. Now, all, now, only the high priest could access this dimension. Only the high priest could go here. But when you go to Matthew chapter 27, turn your Bibles there, now let me show you something here. Matthew chapter 27, thank you Lord Jesus. Matthew 27 and verse 51, this was when Jesus uh, Jesus was about to die on the cross. Uh, you know, he was standing on the cross, right? He was, I said, standing on the cross. Well, he was nailed to the cross. Verse 46. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This time the sin of the world was on Jesus. And some of those who were standing there, when they heard it, began saying, this man is calling out for Elijah. You know, people always say things they don't even understand. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge. He filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. But the rest of them said, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Verse 50, this was about when Jesus gave up. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. There was a revelation God gave me many years ago about this verse. You know, in this life, if you will not yield your spirit, death will not fasten a hold on you. Don't yield. Don't yield. Glory to God. Don't give up. Even if you're sick and you're trusting God for healing, don't yield your spirit. The Bible says the spirit of a man will sustain him even in infirmity. But Jesus yielded his spirit. That's not what I'm teaching. Now go to verse 51. And behold... The veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. Boom! Massive thing happened when Jesus died. <laughs> but this is what I want you to get. Like, you know, like our, our church is veiled now. So, let's assume in the other side where the children's church is, is the most holy place. Now, even when you came for worship, only the high priest could go there. That means only the high priest could have access to the voice and the Shekinah glory of God and intimate fellowship with God. So what happened when Jesus cried out and gave up the ghost, what happened or yielded his spirit, let me use the terms that Jesus, the, the, the scripture used, when Jesus yielded his spirit, what happened is that the veil that separated the most holy place that I showed you there, Tore in two. Now, if he had if he had torn from the bottom, we could assume that a man did it. But he tore from the top to the bottom. It was rent in two, and for the first time, the veil was opened and the ark was exposed. It's never happened before. And what was God trying to say? God was saying, finally, like we sang this morning, 
you now have access to an open heaven. You don't need any man to go before God on your behalf anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The access has been granted, and listen carefully to me, forever God was done with that system. Forever. Jesus had satisfied the claims of justice. Now, God doesn't want to live in acts anymore. God doesn't want to live in temples anymore. You are now the temple of the living God. And that's why I still have sometimes the way we still train people. It's not bad. I'm not castigating anyone. But you know, I still find it very funny when we still train people. Like we finish meeting. When you come to the altar to kneel down and pray. It's more special than the prayer you're going to pray there. And you know the reason people do that? Is it because we ministers tell them, we're going to the mountain. I'm going to the mountain to pray for this your need. I'm going to the mountain specially to pray. And the man goes with the cameraman. Yeah? He's praying for you. Like, oh, yeah, snap, snap, snap. Then put it on Facebook. I'm praying for you. Send your prayer request now. Or I'm going to the wall in Jerusalem. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you. And you, you go. There's nothing. I mean, I can tell you, well, I'm going to pray for you guys on Sunday. Sending your prayer request. That's the prayer of agreement. It doesn't mean. You know what the scripture says? It says, Is any man afflicted? Let him pray. Oh, I didn't hear you. It says, Is any man afflicted? Let him pray. Why? The veil has been torn. That's why you need to be careful. Prophets giving you their pictures, their bangles, their amulets, their stickers, you know. I mean, <laughs> I showed my wife one uh, two days back on Facebook. The guy is selling COVID-19 um, oil for a seed of $100. Don't do well. It's not different from the bottle you have in your house. Some of you have more faith in that bottle. They forget what he's teaching. Leave all the New Testament. This bottle, how do they play with her? <laughs> it's a holy bottle. <laughs> the veil has been torn. The Holy Ghost is no longer in a bottle. He lives in you. He doesn't want to be contained in a bottle. Imagine somebody who doesn't know God now comes and thinks that he's granite oil and fries egg with the Holy Ghost. So what did you use to fry the egg? The bottle. Which bottle? Hey! No! He doesn't want to live in temple made with hands. He doesn't want to live in bottles. Glory to God. He wants to live in you. Your hands are now miracle hands. Your mouth is now miracle mouth. When you speak, God's word comes to pass. When you lay hands, God's word comes to pass. Everything you touch is now anointed. Everywhere you are is now a holy ground. Jerusalem is not the holy ground. Jesus is the one who is holy and he lives in us. The veil is torn. You know, I can decide to change this puppy tomorrow. I don't like standing here anymore. I want to stand that way. Yes, I will move the holy ground. We choose where it's holy. Because the holy one lives on the inside of us. I said the holy one lives on the inside of us. So God wanted to do away with that whole dispensation. And some preachers are fighting hard to bring it back. Because you know what? That system is man dependent. Come on. Do you think me that is teaching you these things? Do you think that system will not suit me more? Imagine I'm walking into this place this morning and everybody stands up. 
driving into my car. There's everybody around me. Wow. Holy Maxwell. Are you following this? I mean, who doesn't like that? But then you ask yourself, how did Jesus live? You know, Jesus ate fish with his disciples. He called them and said, lads, do you have any fish? Jesus ate fish. He didn't eat Kilimanjaro, he did fish. <laughs> and when the disciples were trying to restrain the, G- the children from coming to them, what did Jesus say? Bring them to me! Church, there is something about Christianity we need to rediscover. It's to say this whole thing is not about you and me. It's about Jesus. He ran the curtain open and tore it open. <laughs> now let's go to Hebrews 4, 16. So that you can have access to hear his voice. Are you, are you, are you following this now? I mean, we're going to talk about the ministry of the prophet. I've thought about that. It's a valid ministry. There's a way God will use them. But listen, we need to rightly divide the word of truth. Go with me quickly to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Oh, I love Hebrews. Oh, I love Hebrews. Let's read from verse 14. Hebrews is good. Hebrews is good. It's a good word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Let's read from verse 14. Therefore, since we have what? A great what? High priest. Now, the high priest is no longer going to move from one family to the other. It's not going to abide in the house of Aaron. Now we have one high priest. Who is a mediator of the new covenant. And the new covenant, listen to me. If the new covenant is better than the old covenant. And God could speak to people in the old covenant. How much more will he speak to people in the new covenant? Throw away that thing that I can't hear God's voice. You are not listening. God is speaking to you. If you are his sheep, you will hear his voice. Except you are a goat. There are only sheep and goats. Goat doesn't hear if you have ever been raised in the village, you know that goat is one of the most stubborn animals ever. Sheep come, lowly, follow. You know, sheep almost connote foolishness. You know, if someone tells you, you are a sheep, you rather say, call me goat. I rather do goat. <laughs> because, I mean, sheep is just foolish, naive. You understand what I'm saying? If we don't know so much of sheep here because we don't read them. But you know, that's how the Christian faith almost makes you look like. You know, and that's what people don't want. Somebody hurts you. And you have all the strategies to hurt them back. And you forgive. You look stupid. Even your friends will tell you. I like you. But this is your stupid aspect. is what I don't like. And what are they referring to the stupid aspect? Walking in love. And that's what we don't. We like the goat dimension. You hurt me, I will go seven days dry for you. My God! <laughs> so we try to pull God into our nature. You know, we like... The kind of God I want to serve is like, Ogun, you taught me a strike. You taught me a strike. It, it makes us feel powerful. It makes us feel like, you know what? I'm telling you, I know God more than you. I can use my God to kill you. <laughs> so when we are praying fire prayers, everybody's potential comes up. You know, when we pray here, let's pray for pastor that God will give him more trust. Father, give him more trust. If you want to give him, give him. If you don't want to give him. <laughs> let's pray for pastor that the word of God will grow mightily and spread. Let the word of God grow mightily and spread. Let us pray serious prayer in this church. I don't pray. In my former church, when we pray, say, let's pray. That anybody holding your life down, you see guys, we just create space. Okay, yeah. It's prayer time. You know. I'm like, yeah, this is it. Father, Father, Father. And everybody's sweating, spits flying, bam, bam. Ah. 
When we finish, everybody's voice is cracking, man. Church today was powerful. <sighs> then you know the funny thing? Let's agree. We take today, we kill all the people holding your destiny down. Let's agree. We've agreed. We've prayed bam, all night. You know what's going to happen next month? Let's pray. All those holding. Guy, 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 come on, come on, come on, relax. Is it that they didn't leave it that day or they left it small? Do, 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 but you see what New Testament prayers are? New Testament prayers is always in increasing in knowledge. I pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may know. That you may know. And you see, so in increase of knowledge, you can pray it every day. But destiny holding prayers will give you permission. Do it once for a lifetime. Because you know what will happen, right? If those spirits leave you and you are not taught, they will come back with seven more wicked spirits. So sometimes it's better you are just like with one demon. You understand? Like, you know, I just have this demon. It's okay. You know, because if they cast it out and you are not taught, boy. That's why I say that people who always go for those deliverance, problems keep increasing because it's wicked spirits. Wicked, wicked. So you know what? You need to get people delivered. And what's the next thing you need to do? Teach them the word. Do you realize when Jesus gave the mandate, what it is? Go into all nations and teach them, baptizing them, cast out spirits, but there is teaching. Are you still here? So the veil has been torn. So since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us walk fast. Our what? Confession. I don't have time to deal with this. Our confession. Now, what is that confession? That's why I don't like to get into Hebrews. Hebrews is so connected, it will bless you. Go to Hebrews 3 verse 1. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Hebrews 3 1. Wow, wow, wow. We'll come back to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 3 1. Follow me quickly now. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers, yea, <laughs> wow, of a heavenly calling, Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our what? Confession. Or some translation uses the word what? Profession. What we profess. Jesus is the high priest. He was faithful to him who appointed him as, as Moses was faithful in all his house. Let's leave that. Go, go, come back to verse 15. So we know Jesus is the high priest. We consider him. Verse 15. This is where I want you to go. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. How is Jesus able, Hebrews 4.15, now how is Jesus able to sympathize with our weakness? Because he walked in humanity. He came down. He tested what we went through. But one who has been tempted in all things, as we are yet without sin. Therefore, therefore what? Because of the fact that this high priest has gone through the heavens because he sympathizes with our weaknesses, because he has been tempted in all things without sin, and he's been glorified for us. Therefore, let us draw near with what? Confidence! How many of you think in those days, if they were to tell the people to draw near the ark, they're going to go there with confidence? I mean, do you realize that even David, who was the king, when he saw how Uzziah was killed, you know what David said? He said, let them take the ark to Obedidon's house. I mean, kings in those days were wicked, including David, your favorite king. The man like, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I know how Obedidon was like, king, no, 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 king, keep the ark. He said, blessing, sir, but we don't want it. like, my friend, take the ark to your house. <laughs> and the king, <laughs> and then, you know, I just, 
I use my mind a lot when I'm studying the scriptures. You know, and maybe that's why I would just be packing. Like, I, 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 you know, I'll be telling you I want to go and see my mother, right? I just feel something strongly. Tell me, go today. <laughs> they were afraid of the ark. Because this was the ark that the God of the Philistines stood behind. You know, and this ark was terrible. When the God of the Philistines was before the ark, the dragon fell down. Bam! They arranged dragon again. I like them. They have gods you can fix. Like Lego. Pam, 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 pam. Screw the head of the god. You're like, give me spanner. Let's screw this, this god's head. They screwed it in. Man, when he fell the next time, hands broken. Pam. I like God. Like, ah, you guys won't learn lesson. And broke some more places. The third time, Dagon was so scattered. He's like, where do we start arranging the god from? Do you have the map? He's like, no, we can't fix the puzzle of the god. It's broken. So they returned the ark. They didn't return the ark out of goodwill. It was out of frustration. The ark was bad. He killed. And now they were dancing, dancing, dancing. And somebody, they, it wasn't a bad thing. The, it was like some of you want to do the Old Testament. You don't have a clue. <laughs> I mean, this ark was carried such a fierce presence. It's touch and die. <laughs> and then, the ark was there to fall. Who said, ah, no, no, ark, don't fall now, don't fall. And then, bam, guy died. But you know the funny thing? He hits Obedidom house in three months. In our modern day language, the guy blew. Obedi don't blow in three months. Hammered. If you are watching from any other country, just move on. The guy blew. I don't know what word is for blue, but he blew. <laughs> and you know what the king said? Wicked king. He said, That ark we kept in your house. Bring it. <laughs> Where they have to see God after the order. But what am I trying to say? Nobody could understand how this ark works. But the scripture says God wants to make himself known to us. He's our father. He's no longer mysterious. We know how God blesses, why he blesses. We know why we are the sons of God. We know that we're the redeemed of the Lord. We're no longer, listen guys, we're no longer in, oh God, his ways are mysterious. No, his ways are no longer mysterious. He came so that he can reveal himself to us. And he says, right now, we can go with confidence to the throne of grace. What's the throne of grace? That mercy seat. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. So we no longer have a father who does not want to associate with us. By the sacrifice of Jesus, there is confidence in approaching God. Even if you are not hearing God, just pray a simple prayer. Lord, I don't seem to hear you. And I don't seem to be listening to you. Speak, Lord, your servant here. You have that confidence to approach God. I'm struggling in this issue. I have this weakness. I'm struggling with this temptation. Help me, God. We can now approach the throne of grace with boldness. Go to... Uh, I told you about the message seat, right? Let me just show you something. Are you, are you still here? How much time do we have? Whoa! Wow! Hebrews... Uh, do Leviticus 16, 14. Quickly. Wow! Leviticus chapter 16, verse 14. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, this is the second service. You guys don't have anywhere you're going. You can just continue. Right. Check where you're going. You want to leave the presence of God, right? Now stay here. Leviticus 16, 14. Moreover, he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with a finger on the mercy seat on the east side. Also, in the front of the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with the finger with his finger seven times. So, he needed to take the blood and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. Do you have the New Living Translation? The New Living Translation. Hebrews 12. 
Verse 24. Do we have the NLT, please? Hebrews 12. We don't have it. All right. Hebrews chapter 12. Does anybody have the NLT, the New Living Translation? Hebrews 12, 24. I like the way the New Living Translation puts it. It says, and to Jesus, well, let's read from verse 23. Hebrews chapter 12, and let's read from verse 23. Okay. Uh, mm, let's read from verse 18. Do you have the Amplified? Let's see if we, have, if we can read from the Amplified. I have the older Amplified. I don't know if that's what you have. Let's read from the Amplified, please. I have the older one. I don't know if you have the Amplified C or the old Amplified. For you have not come to Mount Zion. Sorry. For you have not come. I'm reading the Amplified. For you have not come. Look at this. As did the Israelites in the wilderness. I'm using the Amplified. To a mountain that can be touched. And to a blazing fire. And to gloom and darkness and a raging windstorm. That's how God was speaking to them. And to the blast of trumpet. And a sound of words. Such that those who heard it. Begged that nothing more be said to them. It's like. I'm in verse 19 guys. Where are you? Hebrews 12. I'm in verse 19 now. And to the blast of a trumpet. And a sound of words. Such that those who heard it begged that nothing more be said to them. So, when God was speaking like this in the Old Testament, the guy says, no, don't talk to us. For they could not even bear the command. Even if even a wild animal touches the mountain, it will be stoned to death. In fact, so terrifying was the sight, that Moses said, I'm filled with fear and trembling. Verse 22, But you have come to Mount Zion, Hallelujah. He's talking about you now. But you have come to Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. To the heavenly Jerusalem. The, the word of God says we've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Okay. Some of you are still waiting. And to the myriads of angels. And to the general assembly. And assembly of the firstborn. Who are registered. Carlos de Brandesas, As citizens of heaven. Why are you guys slow? Are you following me? Verse 23. Who is there? Go to verse 23 now. And to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. The Bible says who are citizens of heaven. And some of you will say, well, I'm not sure. On that last day, I don't know who will make it. Oh. I don't even you. I'm not sure you will make it. You are not enrolled. You know, someone sent us a very sarcastic test in the office because some people are fond of doing that. And says, eh, I, you know, with the way things are going, I pray we will all meet in heaven. And I told the secretary, send him back. We are waiting for you. We're already enrolled. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm not waiting till the last day. God, let me make it. 
If you are enrolled in a school, won't you know? And to God, the judge of all, and the spirits of a righteous man made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. This is why I like the Amplified. I wish you guys can get it. Uniting God and man. Wow. That's the new covenant. What's the new covenant? Uniting God and man. That separation between God and man was taken away. It says, uniting God and man. And to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of mercy and a better a nobler and more gracious message than the blood of Abel, which cried out for vengeance. Some people still like the blood of Abel. He says the blood of Jesus speaks of mercy. He speaks, when he says he speaks better things than the blood of Abel, it's not like he speaks better killing. The, this, this blood is a mercy blood. It unites God and man. Go back home and read it from the Amplified. He says the new covenant unites God and man. You know why they wanted to kill Jesus? Let me tell you. You know why they wanted to kill Jesus? Jesus says, for which of these miracles do you want to kill me? He says, he says for none of these miracles. He says, it is the fact that you being man, make yourself God. That's why we want to kill you. We are killing you for this new covenant. And Jesus says, is it not written in your law that you are gods to whom the world came? It's there in the scriptures. And that's what religion tries to fight all the time. That God wants to live in man. That God wants to unite in man. That God wants to fellowship with man. And no man, no pastor, no prophet should take the role of God in your life. There's a place for godly counsel. There's a place for wise counsel. But what I'm trying to pull out to you is the foundation of how, of how God guides is for you to know that God lives in you. And you can hear God. And He wants to speak to you. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to stretch our time, okay? So just pay a bit of attention. Hebrews chapter 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, are you getting blessed? Say amen if you are here. Have I lost you? You're still here? Okay, praise God. You know, in those days when we were in class and they teach and maybe we're even tired. And he just said, you are not saying anything. Are you understanding? He said, yes, it's, the subject is so interesting. We don't even know what to say. Alright, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. And we're going to read to verse, uh, let's do verse 10. Okay, yeah. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 to 18. Look at this. For the Lord, since it, it has only a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very form of things, can never, by the same sacrifice which they offered continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. So they had to do that sacrifice year by year. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciences of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, sacrifice and offerings you have not desired, but the body you have prepared for me, in whole bond offerings and sacrifice for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Then he said, behold, I have come in the scroll of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. After saying the above, sacrifices and offerings and whole bond offerings and sacrifices for sin you have not desired, nor have you taken pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Verse 9, then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to do what? 
to establish what? The second. What's the first there? The old covenant. What's the second? The new testament. Okay. Every, um, verse what now? 10. By these will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. What? Once and for all. So what Jesus did for us to be able to access God was done once and for what? And for all. Verse 11. Every priest stands daily ministry and offering time after time the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a full stool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected, glory to God, for all time those who are being what? Sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us. For after saying, verse 16, This is the covenant I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws upon their hearts, and on their mind I will write them. He now he then says, And their sins and their lawless deeds I remember no more. Verse 18, glory to God. Now where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. Verse 19, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way, which He inaugurated for us through the veil that is in flesh. Can you see that? He says, we now, go back to verse 19, we now have the confidence and the boldness to enter where? To enter into the holy place. Now, it is no longer, <laughs> it's no longer uh, a high priest taking the blood of animal on our behalf. We now go in with the blood of Jesus because when we accepted his sacrifice, we are now partakers of that blood. We are now partakers of that heavenly nature. So we can get into the high place and hear from God directly without any consequences. You don't need to meet a man. What's happening? Who is after me? No. God can speak to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't need to carry a picture of people here. These two guests. Which one can I marry? Don't rope us into your confusion. Say, which one do you love both? Say, I love them equally. No, you lost after them equally. You can't love two people at the same level. Say, Pastor, pray. When I see this one in the dream, this one is always looking at me. But the way this one is smiling, and I now look at this one, I will not say, which of these smile is clearer? Come to me and say, just marry two of them. Okay. <laughs> but you understand, say, don't bring us into your confusion. God can speak to you. There's a place of godly counsel. But what I realize most times is people don't want to have a relationship with God. People don't want to fellowship with God. They want to live the way they want to live. And when it comes to making major decisions in their life, they just want to come to you and say, what should I do? So that when it fails tomorrow, they'll say, but you said. It's you. I came in the innocence of heart. I said, two girls, they, which one I go marry? You point this one. You now point the winch. You, okay, you are your pastor. You be, do you understand? He does not want to assume responsibility for anything. Praise the name of the Father. But you can hear God. God can lead you. God can guide you. So that when God speaks to your heart and the challenges of life come, you can be convinced that this is what God told me. And you stay your ground. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. Alright, let's see how far can we still go. Praise God, praise God. Wow, okay. 
go to Second Corinthians six sixteen. Second Corinthians six sixteen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Man, this is good. Are you getting blessed this morning? Are you learning something this morning? Second Corinthians six sixteen. Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said. What did God say? I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Where did God say he was going to dwell? I didn't hear. Where did God say he was going to dwell? In them. So the new covenant gives us the ability for God to live in us. So it's no longer saying, Oh God is far away. I can't hear his voice. No. He lives in you now. Praise God. Go to um, John 14, 23. John 14, 23. My, 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 my. Thank you Holy Spirit. Come on somebody say, Thank you Lord Jesus. God is amazing. I tell you. John chapter what? John chapter 14. And verse 23. I want to read it from the Amplified Version. Jesus answered, If anyone really loves me, do you love the Lord? He will keep my teaching, my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our dwelling place with him. God wants to make his dwelling place with us. John chapter 10, verse 14. Go to John chapter 10, verse 14. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. John chapter 10 and verse 14. Thank you, Lord. John 10, 14. It says, I like this. It says, I am the good shepherd. And I know without any doubt those who are my own. And my own know me. And have a deep personal relationship with me. And this is the foundation of hearing God. God, when He says, they know me, it's not just that they know Jesus. They know they have a deep personal relationship with me. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, put that up for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. We'll do, uh, we'll do four more scriptures. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So do you see that? That the Spirit of God does what? Dwell in you. So the Spirit of God dwells in us and it bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. Romans 8.16 And then this Spirit that dwells in us, according to John chapter 16 verse 13, will guide us into how many truths? All truth. So, God lives in us. The Holy Ghost lives in us. Jesus lives in us. (laughs) What else do you want? The greater one is on your inside of you. And he will speak to you. And that's why, no matter what somebody prophesies over you, if he does not bear witness in your spirit, then you can judge it. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5.21. 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Make sure you're in church next Sunday. I'm going to be dealing with dreams. First Thessalonians 5.21 But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. So even when you hear voices on your inside or you feel like God is speaking to you, you need to examine it. You need to test it. You need to subject it to the word test. There's also godly counsel. Most times when I feel an impression in my spirit, I speak to my wife about it, I talk to my mentors about it, we scrutinize it, we judge it. You know, most times people have run their lives. God told me, God told me, God told me. You know, somehow when God speaks to you, 
you know, there is, there is a conviction on your inside, but even those who are around you a bit will be able to affirm that this is the direction that the Father um, wants you to go. Let's, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. We'll do three more scriptures. 1 Corinthians 14. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Amen. I didn't hear you. Say amen if you were here. Alright. 1 Corinthians 14, 29. We don't like this scripture, but it's very important. Let two or three prophets speak and let others pass judgment. So it means that when a prophetic word comes, that prophetic word can be judged. I've done a teaching on prophets and judging prophecy before. Go to the website and get it or request for it from the church office. Okay? But, um, yeah. Let's just leave that. Okay? Let two or three prophets speak and let others pass judgment. Alright? The, the key I want you to pick is even when prophetic words come, it's not about just judging the person, you can judge the prophecy. Because as a man, you can miss it. I've missed it sometimes. I've given words that were probably from my flesh or, you know, sometimes when you get in the spirit and you're ministering, the excitement can be there. You keep ministering and ministering. And sometimes, you know, the scripture talks about, you know, this gives function as the Lord wills. But we have people right now who it's like they can prophesy at will. It's not as the Lord wills. It's at their will. You hear someone say, can I prophesy? Can I prophesy? I say, Papa, I say, no, 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 be today. We'll do it around 10, 10.30. You know, it's almost like they can turn on and turn off the button. And you need to be careful of that. Because it's the Holy Ghost that wills. We're not the one to use God. God is the one that uses us to bless the people. And this whole thing about even the gifts of the Spirit is not showmanship. It's to edify and to build up the body. So let me just talk about one misconception about God's guidance that... Uh, we, we miss. I'll just do this in three minutes if it's possible. <laughs> so, we have a misconception that if God is guiding me, everything is going to be smooth. There's not going to be an issue. But that's not true. Go to Acts chapter 9. Circumstances are not the test sometimes that God is guiding you. So, I'll just talk about misconceptions and we build from here on Sunday. Acts 9.16. Make sure that you're listening to the Wednesday services. I'm teaching on how to pray out God's plan for your life. I did that last Wednesday. Next Wednesday, I'm teaching on how to pray. This Wednesday, I'm teaching on how to pray God's plan for your loved ones. And it's very important. Make sure you're tuned in to the channels. Acts 9.16. Let's read from verse 15. But the Lord said to him, this was when God was speaking to Ananias, talking about Paul. Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine. Can you see this? I mean, imagine the Lord saying, this man is chosen to bear... My name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. What a wonderful commission. Look at the next verse. For I will show him what? I didn't hear you. I will show him what? How much he must do what? Suffer for what? Was it the Lord guiding Paul? But he told him what he must do what? Suffer for his name's sake. So if Paul was going through these sufferings, would Paul say it wasn't God that spoke to him? Because sometimes most of us, we even go through situations and we just conclude that there is a problem of foundation. No. Sometimes it's the Lord leading us in that path. And I, I gave this example when we started, just bear with me a bit. When we started ministry, we suffered. We didn't start our ministry like this. Even when I came to this town. Two examples. When we had my son, Caris, we couldn't buy a whole set of napkins then. Okay, so what my wife will do is to take napkin um, cloths 
put it in the napkin so that when he messes himself up, we have to wash that so that the napkin would not stay. You know, and today, we're not believing God for any child. We're not trusting God for any child. Whatever child the Lord wants to give to us, we sow into your life hundredfold, sow into Sokari and all the guys. You can receive them as seed. Alright? So, but I don't think we'll have any child today and buying pampas will be a struggle. Were we in the will of God then? Yes. Are we in the will of God now? Yes. So sometimes we cannot, because what that happens is that we develop, and I really want you guys to get this. That's why I told him to hold on. I want you guys to get this. I know it's Because sometimes we have developed a theology that makes it look like when things are not just going right in people's life, there is a problem. And so we start casting and binding and losing. Do you know the children of Israel went through the wilderness and it was God that led them through the wilderness? But the difference is that God provided for them in the wilderness. Now let me show you another case. Go to Acts chapter... We did Acts. Now go to Mark 4.35. Mark 4.35. Jesus asked the disciples to cross over to the other side. Alright, Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. One day on the evening, he came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them. In the boat, just as it was. And other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind. And the waves were breaking over the boat. So much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind. Now you realize what happened here. It was Jesus that said, let's go over to the other side. And this water came almost breaking the boat. What did Jesus do? He rebuked the storm. So can you see in these two cases that the circumstances that showed up were not the true test of whether God sent them or not. In the case of Paul, whatever he suffered was part of what he needed to be able to fulfill assignment. But in this case, even though it was God that told them to cross, when this wind arose, it wasn't God's intention. They rebuked it. So how would you be able to know which wind is God's intention and which is not. That is why you cannot teach people hearing God's voice without a relationship with Jesus. Because it's that relationship that will form your discernment. Are you still here? Are you still here? It's that relationship that will form your discernment. So God wants to guide us. The veil is broken. And to the glory of God, we can hear the voice of God clearly. Hallelujah. Come and I said Hallelujah. God wants to speak to you clearly. God wants to specifically stick to your heart and give you guidance and lead you and direct you. And we can all hear the voice of God. Yeah, we can all hear the voice of God. God can speak to you in this service right now. Put pressures in your heart and lead you in the way that you go. God wants to guide you. God wants to guide you. Oh, glory to God. Oh, Shamanga Baratos Telemina Brahashte. Oh, Sikalamande Bradodonamakoshele. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
Let the confusion clear from your life. Let the confusion clear from your life. Let the confusion clear from your life. Oh, so telemangredos, telemangredos. If you have migraine headaches, put your hands on your head. Migraine headaches. Just keep the keyboard playing. I just sense. Yeah, I just sense there are a lot of people with migraine headaches in the service this morning. Stand on your feet. Play the keyboard. Just keep it playing. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. You have migraine headaches specifically. I just see that the people in this service. Migraine headaches. Put your hands on your head. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, my green headaches. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Show In the name of Jesus. I speak over you this morning. I command every single one of you. And that whole thing with pain, believers, that you need so much pain relievers Dora right that right so that whole thing with pain relievers okay those so much of pain relievers that you take today is the last day no more Jesus name no more no more no more no more Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.